0: Building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHamp Revolution?
1: Hey, this is Coach Freddie here. I'm at NoCo Hemp Expo in Denver, Colorado. And I'm having a conversation here with John Vault. He's the CEO and founder of Front Range Biosciences. How are you doing, John? I'm good, thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, that's great. Listen, I want to uh, ask you a few questions here about how you got started uh, in the hemp and, and your, your company here. When when did that happen?
2: Yeah, definitely. So as a company, we've been operational for, uh, for two and a half years. Um, I started working on uh, the concept for the company and the business plan uh, about four years ago, and uh, it's actually a, a bit of a story as as to how I got here. Okay, um, I, uh, I, I I have a. PhD in organic chemistry and and my career really started in biotechnology uh, in molecular diagnostics and I spent about 15 years in that space. Okay. Um, I worked in both human diagnostics and food safety and uh, in human diagnostics I helped uh, build a few different companies and we worked on technologies uh, that support personalized medicine, early detection of chronic illness, uh, drug discovery, things like that. Food safety we worked on technologies uh, that support pathogen detection in uh, large-scale food processing. Um, Then uh, during some of this, this time, uh, I, I got really interested in, in agriculture and farming. Um, I uh, started a five hundred one c three nonprofit called Mountain Flower Dairy. It's a, okay. uh, a small goat farm here in Colorado, and uh, I set it up about seven, well over seven years ago to uh, provide an opportunity for the public to learn about where their food comes from. And uh, so that was kind of the beginning of my uh, my, my agriculture uh move or my journey into agriculture okay. and uh, and I, I enjoyed farming a lot and uh, building the farm on nights and weekends and running the nonprofit and um, as uh, about four years ago in Colorado cannabis uh, had become legal and the market was really growing here pretty rapidly and had reached somewhat of a tipping point, and I had just started a, a new company and and started seeing uh, some opportunities to do some science and in, in, in cannabis, and so I uh, that was really what what what's what spurred it, um, and then as I got uh, as I got more interested and, and started digging around, I saw a lot of different opportunities throughout the supply chain, and uh, decided that uh, that I wanted to move my career in, into agriculture and, and beyond the nonprofit work that I did so. Um, so yeah, so that that was kind of how I uh, how I how I got here, and then today I uh, we have over sixty five employees and operations in Colorado, California, Wisconsin, and um, we're uh, we're a nursery business is our is our primary business model.
1: Okay, so uh, in your nursery now, what do you primarily you know? work on and grow there
2: yeah so we have uh, really three different crops uh, that we work on one of which covers two really categories it's cannabis we work with both uh, low THC or hemp Mm -hmm. uh, and we also have some relationships with some high THC uh, companies out in California and so we kind of consider those two different crops even though it's basically the same plant and then uh, we also have a coffee division as well where Uh we uh, supply young plants to uh, coffee farmers and uh, our nursery is a little unique. We uh, developed the first clean stock nursery program in uh, in cannabis and in hemp um, and as we use a process called tissue culture to produce uh, clean, pest free, disease free, uh, healthy plants in our nursery and then we put them into the greenhouse from the tissue culture lab and then we deliver them to, uh, to growers from the greenhouse.
0: Okay,
1: so I'm um, I'm interested in coffee. Are there people growing coffee in the United States?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's a new crop for California, and uh, we're working with a company called Fringe Coffee out of uh, Southern California in the okay. uh, Santa Barbara area, and uh, they've been working on uh, not only the the right varieties, uh, but also the production methodology to uh, to produce coffee in California. And it's an exciting new crop for growers there, and uh, we've got a contract to produce uh, several million coffee plants for farmers there over the next few years, and just like cannabis needs a clean stock program, coffee needs a clean stock program, too, so uh, while they're very different crops in terms of, of how they grow and what's required, um, you know, the, the high-level process for the nursery and using tissue culture and greenhouses and, and really producing clean, healthy, true to type plants is, uh, is, is needed in both.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, there's been companies out there that infuse hemp into coffee
2: when they when they grind it and whatever. What's Certainly. your
1: feelings on that?
2: Um, I think it's really interesting. I, I think, uh, you know, hemp is a source of a lot of really interesting natural products. CBD is the one that everybody's right. talking about. Everybody knows about THC. There's, you know several hundred small molecules in the plant. There's over a 100 cannabinoids, exactly, yeah. uh, many different terpenes and, and even uh, bioflavonoids and, and other really interesting molecules there. So I think putting them in as a uh, additive or a dietary supplement uh, into different products uh, is certainly very interesting. I, I think it needs to be... Um, done carefully and approached with uh, you know with data and and with some science behind it um, so people aren't getting sold snake oil yeah, um, yeah. and then also that it's safe and that, that, that the processors and producers making these products are putting out products that are safe for the consumer uh, because at the end of the day uh, you know people really care about what they put in their body these days exactly so you're you are uh, your customers are mainly farmers yeah our customers are farmers we're a b2b business so we we okay. work with growers uh, of all types and sizes um, you know everything from small growers but all the way to some really large growers okay and, uh, yeah we're we're, uh, we're a farmer focused company but um, we really are, are focused on the nursery part of the supply chain, so we supply young plants and even seeds and seedlings um, of, of varieties that either we've bred or that we work with other breeders as well, and our goal is just to provide the highest quality uh, plants and seeds uh, to farmers so that they can produce their crop more effectively.
1: Yeah, so the the, the,
2: the plants that you supply, they're called clums, right? Yeah, in the cannabis world, they're called clones and, in other crops, other industries, they're called rooted cuttings or liners. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, the concept of cloning has been around long before cannabis yeah, yeah. became a thing. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, uh, but they're, they're all basically the same thing. And there's, uh, it's, it's what we call, it's technically called vegetative propagation. Okay. Uh, where you take cuttings from stock plants and uh-huh. you stick them and root them and then, uh, you, you push them out the door to your growers.
1: Okay. Tell us a little bit about your seeds now. You grow
2: your uh, plants for seeds? Yeah. So we're producing seeds, um, not for hemp grain per se, although we do see that as an interesting segment of the hemp market. Okay. Um, you know, from our perspective... We see this as a, a really interesting crop, probably the most interesting crop to occur in quite a long time <laughs> yeah. as far as domesticated crops go. And the reason is is because we see opportunities for growers to capitalize on, on several different products that come out of it. The first and the highest margin, which is what everybody's focused on right now and I think is really going to be the dominant player for the next few years, is, is cannabinoids, whether it's CBD or full-spectrum yep. oils or whole-spectrum oils. Um, or even THC on the recreational side. Um, But, you know, those are the the oils that, that come out of the plant and out of the flower. There's also the grain. We believe that uh, hemp grain or the seed is going to be a very, it's a very interesting protein source. It's already used um, in, in some markets, but we expect that to grow because it's, it's got a balanced amino acid profile, a balanced fatty acid profile. And it's a good source of nutritional fiber. So we really see it as a potential food source. And then lastly, we see the, the fiber market really growing. I think uh, as, a, as a crop goes, hemp has the ability to compete with cotton especially yep. from the growing perspective. Cotton's a very input-intensive uh, crop. It's very expensive per acre to grow. It requires a lot of pesticides and herbicides, and I, I think um, hemp is, is going to be able to compete with, uh, with cotton someday in textiles. And then the added benefit is that, that hemp fibers can also be used in things like building materials and, exactly. and other more interesting applications. So we're a big believer in all of that. And in our program, we're, we're currently breeding varieties that support uh, mainly the, the cannabinoid and unique cannabinoid right. in the oil market, but uh, we also see opportunities as the market evolves uh, to start to support breeding efforts in those other areas in as other well. Areas yeah. from uh, you know
1: from like to, to make the herd, you get the herd, you know, stock. Absolutely, or, you know, yeah, and so even animal
2: feed could be interesting at some point. You know, yeah, yeah. with corn for, so. people corn. People starting to, a lot of farmers
1: are starting to look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially now that everybody's getting into CBD. Oh, And they're saying, but, and it's, it's. Generally, a little bit easier to grow the industrial hemp crop than the CBD. There's not as much.
2: Agreed. Yeah, it's it, it's a different, it's a very different beast. Yes. It's, um, you know, it's it's larger scale. It's it's all mechanized. You know, you have to be growing, you know, hundreds or even really thousands of acres yes. to really make a, a reasonable profit. Uh, you know, whereas currently right now with, with oils and cannabinoids and things like CBD, I think, you know, you can generate tens of thousands of dollars per acre. And Correct. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a much higher margin right now in that space, even though it is a lot more difficult, requires a lot more expensive inputs. It's a lot harder to manage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, now that the law has passed this year, or last year in December, um, what's your thoughts on that as far as your company is concerned? Uh, How does that affect your company?
2: It's a huge moment for us. It's it's um, it's it's really changed the landscape in a very good way. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Very pleased about it. It it basically opens the door for us to uh, do a few different things and that we couldn't do necessarily, or at least we couldn't do very well before the farm bill. Uh, first and foremost it, it actually opens the door for interstate commerce uh, which is which is huge we've got uh, customers and farmers all over the country and uh, we're developing or we're going through the the certifications of so things like phytosanitary certification and working on seed certifications and registrations with the local departments of agriculture so that we can ship our plants and our seeds uh, to these other states and these other growers so it expands our market reach it also opens the door for import uh, import and export internationally uh, Okay. Which is which is very interesting. Now, there's still a lot of work to do to get the regulations in place, and the USDA is 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 got a lot of work to do before we see all the rules come out. But it certainly opens that door. It also opens the door and starts to remove uh, some of the stigma and the fear for uh, banks and insurance companies uh, to support the industry and. Uh, Banks and insurance companies are notoriously slow to do uh, just about anything, but um, they're very risk-averse. But this certainly was the first step required for them to uh, start looking at this industry and and really seriously uh, think about banking and uh, providing banking services, and then also providing things like crop insurance and and insurance services. Right, right. Now, you mentioned the the shipping. and
1: uh, you know, I know you can sh- you know ship across uh, you know the borders of uh, you know the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about uh, how do you prepare in the, in a truck? Uh, you know to ship these plants. So, uh, you know you're in Colorado here, and you want somebody in uh, New York State. What preparation do you have to do as far as trucks to to ship these plants?
2: That's a really great question. So one of the biggest challenges in the nursery industry, and it's been around for. 50 years long before before this crop uh, is is the the shipping of live plants so shipping live plants is a very tough business and uh, it's it's got to be done right and a lot of folks uh, take it for granted and they don't realize all of the challenges involved and uh, any one of my staff that's been in the nursery business for many decades will tell you that they've seen lots and lots of good plants come out of the greenhouse but then show up at their location because of poor delivery execution either dead or stressed or not able to survive the, the journey. And so uh, we work very closely with our customers to manage the shipping process and leverage my team's experience with shipping uh, to make sure that we can get the product to where it's supposed to go, safe and healthy without without getting stressed. So what that really means is we're talking refrigerated trucks or reefer trucks. We're talking uh, you've got to have light depending on how long it's going to be. You've got to have potentially uh, water. You've got to have temperature control Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, something a lot of people don't think about you got to make sure your plants are secure inside and they're not sliding around and falling down so there's a lot of logistics involved and uh and we're working closely with our customers to make sure it works so you're it's a moving greenhouse is what you're doing (laughs) basically (laughs) yeah that's a good way of looking at it yeah okay not too many people think about that no, they don't. They just think they're going to go pick them up with a truck. And then, sure enough, 15 hours later, they have a bunch of really weak plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard the horror
1: stories from people in Kentucky doing that, going out in a, uh, in a U-Haul truck, picking up and
2: delivering them there and saying,
1: this is these plants aren't any good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you want to prevent that, right? Yeah. And it can be done. People ship plants all over the world. Um, but you know, it's it's not easy. You have to you have to take uh, great care in what you're doing and, and be diligent about your process and, oh, okay. and make sure you do it right. So, uh, you have a website, correct? Mm-hmm. What's we do? your website? It's uh, www.frontrangebio.com. And uh, we have a lot of information there and okay. uh, email sign up so you can get on our newsletter and learn okay. a lot more about who we are and what we do. And uh, wh- where are you actually
1: located in Colorado?
2: So we're headquartered out of uh, Lafayette, Colorado. We have facilities in basically Lafayette, Boulder, and Denver. Okay. Uh, we also have uh, a greenhouse nursery for hemp up in uh, Wisconsin. Our coffee facility is in Gilroy, California. And then uh, we also have uh, some greenhouse nurseries in uh, the Salinas area in California as well.
1: Oh, okay. Any last message you'd like to give to our audience here about
2: your new company? You know, I think we're really excited about this new crop and and the growth of the industry. I think it's an opportunity to merge a lot of different concepts from agriculture, things like regenerative agriculture, uh, precision agriculture, and even biotechnology, Um, but do it in a way that's sustainable, that supports not only the big farmers, but also the small farmers, that also maintains uh, proper stewardship of our lands and our environment, and also supports our people. So taking care of our workers, whether they're field workers or greenhouse workers, or our consumers. And I think there's an opportunity to, uh, to really change agriculture and, and even things like biotech for the better uh, through this crop. And uh, I think that's, 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 that's how we view it.
1: Well, awesome. John, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on the IHAMP
2: Revolution. Certainly. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on Facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host.